Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Celebration. I'm here with Pastor Lisa Johnson. Lisa is over all of our outreach, and many of you met Lisa back in July when we had that incredible day when we did that big serve day. And Lisa, that was just a huge success. It was just a great historic moment for our church. We're looking forward to doing another serve day next year. And uh, we had thousands and thousands of Celebration volunteers, and we did over a hundred outreaches in that one day and it had a huge impact in the community. And why I wanted to sit down with you is because I want the church to know, look, just because we did that on that one day, we have these outreaches going on, you know, some every week, some every month, but we have them going on all year. And we we take outreach very seriously here at Celebration. We have a very strong local missions focus. And, and Lisa, you've been doing a great job with that. And tell, tell us kind of the three and areas that we focus outreach on here in our city and community? So the three areas we really focus on here at Celebration is we have our homeless outreaches that we do. We have, um, we try to reach out to the inner city and also at risk. We actually um, are part in partnership with Clara White, the mission downtown, and we go in every second and fourth Sunday. We take a huge team of people and pretty much allow people to use their gifts to be a blessing to the people in the community that are homeless. Um, we do haircuts for people. We have people who take their gifts. Um, they go in and they cut hair. We give hygiene products. We have um, bike repair. Some people's only mode of transportation is a bicycle. And, you know, just seeing volunteers get out there and they're willing to get their hands dirty. They're, you know, they've got grease all over their hands, but they're serving other people. We have partnered with a couple of organizations, Daniel being one of them. It's a group home for kids who sometimes have emotional problems or psychiatric issues going on. And um, they've been, some of them have suffered abuse. And so they've been temporarily removed from their homes. So we have this program. We have a, a team of people that go out on Monday nights and they just provide a place for the kids to come out in. And we share Bible stories with them. We um, play games with them and just provide an outlet to just have some pain time. And you know, and, and church, you, you guys know, we're, we're, we're big, big in global missions, you know, in, in Zimbabwe and in Ireland and South America. We're, we're all over the world uh, in global missions. But I'm telling you, some of the most needy missions is right here in our backyard. You don't have to take a trip to Africa to find just people really in, in a lot of them in, in a state of hopelessness and in, in dire need. And, and uh, your presence there uh, can go a long, long way. So Lisa, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Celebration Church, all of you who serve on these outreach teams and these local mission teams, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for serving. You're making a huge, huge difference. God bless. Yeah, let's give Pastor Lisa and the outreach team, team and all of us. Uh, also, all of you who serve, all of you who serve, on those outreach teams, week in and week out, some month in and month out. We so appreciate your sacrifice and, and showing uh, the love of Jesus. Some, hey, come on, help me welcome also all of our locations right now. Let's put our hands together. Those of you who are watching online, wanna say a big hello. We're so glad that you're with us today. We're continuing in the I Love My Church series. And uh, we're, we're, the context of this series is what Jesus said out of Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, 
when he said, on this rock, I will build my church. Not a church, not some church, not the church. He says, I will build my church, very possessive. And he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what we're learning in this series is the beauty and the value and just the amazing things that God has both commissioned and called the local church to do. And here's what, if you will adopt the same posture that Jesus did and say, oh, I'll go to that. Don't, don't say I'll go to that church or whatever church. Just, no, no, this is my church. When you get planted in God's house, I'm telling you, the gates of hell will not prevail against your life. And we have a lot to be thankful for and a lot to be grateful for. Just a couple of things that I want to touch on before we get into today's message. I just wanted to share this, man. I thought this was just so awesome. And uh, are you ready for this? Since we kicked off the I Love My Church series, that was the last Sunday in July. So I think we've had uh, three Sundays. This will be the fourth. So far, are you ready for this? We have had 923 people give their lives to Jesus. How about that? How about that? And uh, I'm gonna read the testimony of someone who gave their life to Jesus, not in the last few weeks, but I think this past year on water baptism weekend, which don't forget, that is the first Sunday in September we are having a massive water baptism. And so if you need to be baptized, okay, that is your Sunday to do it. It's gonna be so awesome. Great celebration. We'll have professional photographers here, and uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun on that weekend. But you need to get uh, water baptized, and, I, and I'm going to share her her testimony that she actually wrote down uh, for me and, and gave it to me. Also, how about this? So far uh, this month, we've had 1,255 new members join the church. How about that? Isn't that isn't that great? So. Uh, Man, I just wanted to, to tell you that uh, the church is doing good. And uh, you know, one of our values, one of our cultural codes here at Celebration is, is we, we, are, we, we grow, we don't maintain. God is a grower. And the reason God is a grower is because God loves people. And he wants to reach people from every different walk of life. And I, I, listen, listen, listen to me. And, I, and this is gonna get into today's message and what I'm gonna talk about next week. But I'm telling you, if you will invite your friends if you'll pray for those family members that are far from God, if you, will, if, if, if you will do your part in showing the love of Jesus and reaching out, trying to get them to church, acts of, of service, all that kind of stuff, I'm telling you, God loves your family. He loves your friends. He wants to reach them, but we're in partnership with God, amen? And so we're laborers in his harvest Field. So I wanted to say that. Also, just wanted to remind everyone, Clay talks about it. Sunday night, tonight, I'm going to be preaching a different message uh, than this morning. We also pray for healing on Sunday night. We have this great time. It's like this prayer slot where we give you time to personally pray. Just sit in your chairs and pray and just kind of play some background worship music for about five or ten minutes. It, it was really, really powerful last Sunday night. I'm going to preach on uh, Nathan tonight, how he got healed. And uh, when he stepped in the Jordan River seven times, it's one of the many miracles we see here from the prophet Elisha. And that leads me into what I'm talking about this Sunday. So touch your neighbor right now. Say, he changed his message again. <laughs> He's going changing again. So, so, so listen, <laughs> this was, today's message was supposed to be just the introduction for what I wanted to preach about. 
But once y'all really got into the introduction, I knew, y'all know me, right? I knew I'd never get past the introduction, so I might as well make this a part one and a part two, okay? So I'm gonna leave some things unqualified. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna pick it up next Sunday, okay? Uh, but boy, this is good stuff here. Second Kings, Second Kings chapter two, Second Kings chapter two. I'm gonna begin reading in verse one. And let me give you a little bit of context around chapter two. This is where Elijah, the prophet Elijah, everybody say Elijah. Okay, he has a disciple or an apprentice, another prophet named Elisha. Everybody say Elisha. Is anybody, if you've ever read the Bible or heard about Elijah and Elisha, do you get confused on those names sometimes? Who's who, you know, it's Elijah and Elisha. You know, so Elijah, and most scholars agree to this, Elijah is a, is a beautiful type and shadow of Christ. He really established the miraculous ministry of the prophets. And so there's a, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great type and shadow of Christ. Most scob, scholars believe that. The commentaries that I read, almost all scholars believe that. And then Elisha, his apprentice, his disciple, is a type and shadow of the followers of Christ or the church. The disciples were, that became the church, these were Jesus' disciples, the apprentice, and there's all types of uh, you know, similarities. You know, uh, Elijah, remember, he didn't die. He ascended into heaven. Jesus ascended into heaven. They said, and the Bible even says, it says the same spirit that was on Elijah now rests upon Elisha. How many of you know the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, what? Now abides in us. You know, Elijah did miracles, but Elisha did a lot more miracles. I wanna remind you, remember, before Jesus ascended, he told the disciples, his, uh, the, the church, he said, you know, you're gonna even do greater works than me because I go to my Father. What Jesus was saying is, now that the Holy Spirit can be inside all of you, my apprentices, my Elishas, I'm not gonna be limited to being in one place at one time. That's the beauty of the power of the Holy Spirit, man. Christ is in all of us as followers of Jesus. And so he can be, you know, he's, God is, is obviously omnipresent, but that the, the miracle working power of Jesus goes with all of us. Jesus can have one-on-ones with each and every single person. Aren't you glad you don't have to wait in line to talk to Jesus? You can just talk to him. Well, that'd be a long line, wouldn't it? And so there's all types of similarities here. And what we're gonna see here in 2 Kings chapter two, what we're gonna see here is that there's about to be a, a, a transitioning. Elijah is about to ascend unto heaven and he's about to transition his ministry, the power of the Holy Spirit to Elisha. And Elisha is really fired up about this. And he's asking Elijah, he says, Elijah, when you go, I want a double portion of your spirit. Come on, I like that type of aggression. He's like, man, as awesome as you were, man, I wanna, I wanna double portion. Well, here's the good news. God gave Jesus the spirit without measure. So I just wanna say to all of you, you can have better than a double portion. You can have as much freedom as you want. You can have as much blessing as you want. You can have as much breakthrough as you want. You can have as much peace as you want. 
But it's a beautiful type and shadow. And so what's gonna happen here, we're, we're gonna go into this transition. But what I wanna show you is what happens before that transition. And what we're gonna see here is we're gonna see the process of how God takes someone to a place of empowerment. You see, last Sunday we talked about worship, right? We talked about the at that moment experience. Worship is one of the only Christian practices. It's an at that moment experience. Today we're gonna to talk about the process. We're gonna talk about the process and the preparation that needs to happen in our lives so that we can truly be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be who Jesus has called us to be and do what Jesus has called us to do. Listen, there is no power without preparation. Remember, Jesus went into the wilderness, the Bible says, full of the Spirit, but when he came out after that time of preparation, he, the Bible says he came out in the power of the Spirit. And what we're gonna see here in this passage is watch this, Elisha is a type of church. And at the, at the, in fact, in chapter two, you know what we're gonna see all our five streams. We're gonna see the God first life. We're gonna see our mission statement. We're gonna see all of our five streams of worship and equipping and community and serving and outreach. We're gonna see all of those things right here. But here's what I want you to know. Listen, you're in a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit and believes that God has a purpose on your life and that you need to be empowered. <laughs> empowered to do what God has called you to do. So here's what we're gonna see in this text. Holy Spirit empowerment coming in the life and ministry of a follower of God and that preparation is crucial to that empowerment. Look at 2 Kings. Chapter one, verse six. See, I hadn't even read the scripture. Aren't you glad I divided this into two parts? It says, and it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elijah, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Now this was just a test. This, he was testing him to see like, Elisha, do you really want it? What did Jesus say? Whoever wants to come after me must what? Deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. This is, was, was Elijah's way. Like, Elisha, do you really want this? But Elisha said, and Elisha did, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha. This was like Elisha's small group, community group, Come on, it was the school of the prophets. We got the, we got the groups expo out there today. I really encourage you, you need to be, come on, are you better than Elisha? The answer is, well, you kinda are, because Jesus said, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than anyone under the old covenant, but you know what I'm saying. We're not meant to do life alone. You, you gotta get, get out your lone wolf attitude. Then Elijah. Okay, now the sons of the prophet who were at Bethel, Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, shut up. Then Elijah said to him, <laughs> then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. So look, 
I'm going to Gilgal. You want to come? Yes, I want to come. Oh, well, okay, I'm going to Bethel now. You want to come? Yes, I'm going to Bethel. Okay, okay, now I'm going to Jericho. You sure you want to come? Here's what Elijah's doing. He's leading Elisha to the four points of preparation that are necessary for spirit empowerment. There's four cities right here. So he goes from Gilgal to Bethel. Now he's talking about Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, they meeting in their small group again. They're gathered together. They're going over their God first life curriculum. But then they said, do you know that the Lord will take your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, shut up. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for as the Lord has sent me onto the, where? The Jordan. The Jordan, here's the fourth place. So what do we see? We see Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. Are, are you ready to go to this next step of preparation? Elisha, that's necessary for you to fulfill your purpose. Listen to me, church. To fulfill your purpose, you have to go through preparation. There's no power without preparation. You won't fulfill your purpose without preparation. And preparation is a process that we embrace in the church and in us being disciples of Jesus. Verse six, then Elijah, you know, he says, stay here for the Lord sent me on a Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives. Everybody say, as the Lord lives. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I will not give up. I will keep following you, Jesus. No matter what I have to go through, God, if I fall down, I'm just gonna get right back up. You see, every time we get to a place of preparation in our lives, that preparation brings pain. But too many of us, when we, we, we fall down, we, we, we don't understand that God is actually leading us through the pain as part of preparation for our purpose. And you gotta have that attitude in your life. You gotta have that attitude towards the devil. Guess what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm getting back up. Yeah, I know I messed up. Yeah, I know. Of course I messed up. I'm a human. I have a sin nature. And if I don't get it subjugated to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, there's no telling what I'm going to do. But guess what, enemy? I believe in the grace of God. And I don't worship God for acceptance. I worship God from acceptance. I don't worship God for mercy. I worship God from mercy. And if the Lord counted iniquities, nobody would be able to stand. So I just thank God that my mistakes are not gonna negate the promises and purposes of God in my life. Because watch this, if that's the case, we're all in trouble. You gotta understand that God, I'm, I'm getting into my message. I know I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry, I gotta pray. I'm halfway done, I ain't even, all right. So for the next few moments, I wanna talk to you about these four points of preparation that are necessary for you to fulfill your purpose and for you to be empowered by the Spirit. Remember, we believe 
in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're a spirit-filled church. That means we believe in Holy Spirit empowerment. Watch, we're edified by the word, we're empowered by the spirit. See what I'm saying? It's kind of like when I eat food, I eat food, I'm, I'm satisfied, but you know what? If that food is not converted into fuel, it doesn't do my body any good. You've gotta have the word and the spirit. In fact, Jesus says they're, they're, they're connected. You can't separate it. That's why he says, hey, my words are spirit and my words are life. To be spirit-led is to be word-led and to be truly word-led is to be spirit-led. So I'm gonna talk to you for the next few moments. I've entitled this message, Pass the Salt. Pass the Salt. Touch somebody around you and say, Pass the Salt. Pass the Salt. Now you might tell that person, I'm a low sodium. I'm telling you, you're gonna like this salt. I will say though that you're not gonna understand what this title means until next Sunday. When we get where we're going, so this is Pass the Salt Part 1. You'll understand why I gave it that title at the end of next Sunday's message. Father, we love you. Lord, for these next 20 minutes or so, God, I thank you that we're going to embrace the process of being prepared for our purpose. God, you've called us to be overcomers. You've called us to embrace our identity as children of God. And we just give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. This is a great thing. So here we see Elijah leading Elisha step by what? Step. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. If you really want to know what salvation is, salvation is when we start following Jesus step by step. He brings him through four steps. He brings him to Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. Then he brings him to Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. Then he brings him to Jericho. Say Jericho. Then he brings him to the Jordan. Say the Jordan. Then the transition happens, the mantle happens. Elisha comes into his pur purpose and is empowered by the Holy Spirit and takes on a type and shadow of the church and goes and does all kinds of miracles. I'm gonna be preaching about several of these miracles over the next few weeks, okay? But here's what, how this connects to us as New Testament followers of Christ. So the first place he stops is Gilgal. Elijah brings Elisha to Gilgal. Now what is the significance of Gilgal? Well, after the 40 years of wandering, when the children of Israel were crossing over into the promised land, the first place they stopped was Gilgal, and God says, ho, ho, ho. Well, he didn't say ho, ho, ho. That's kind of like, like a ramped up Santa. You know what I'm saying? Like Santa on Red Bull. You ever, anybody ever seen a jacked up Santa in a department store? I really have. I saw these kids were coming at Santa was like, hey, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Ho, ho, ho. I guess I need to get. But God was like, hey, wait, listen. Before you fight, I need this whole generation circumcised. And all the men said, what? <laughs> Woo. 
Those ladies must have had a ladies' night then because they was all getting a break, if you know what I'm saying. God said, <laughs> God said, I, I need the whole generation circumcised. Watch, watch. Before you confront, I need you cut. Now, let me tell you what circumcision represents, and it's real clear about this in the book of Romans and in several books in the New Testament. Circumcision is the cutting away of the flesh. And so the Bible talks a lot about a circumcised heart. It's the cutting away of the flesh. In other words, what Gilgal represents is purification. What this was showing us is, hey, your first step in preparation is purification. Your first step, some of you are in here today. Listen, your very first step is for you to surrender your life to Jesus and receive the blood of Jesus that washes away all of your sins. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, help me, Matt. What? The blood of Jesus. Oh, no, I wanted that other, other song. Don't we have another song? Y'all, the staff don't even know our worship songs. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Let me tell you something about the blood of Jesus. Watch, watch. You might be in here today. You're like, Stovall, I'm, I'm so far from the purposes of God. I, I'm not, I, you don't know what I'm doing. You know, don't know what I'm involved in. You know what? I don't need to. You know why? Because whatever, you, whatever you've been doing, whatever you, you have been involved in, I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus can wash away all of your sins. You can go from being pollu polluted to purified in one second when you receive the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. But see, you've done something. There's a pur purification by the blood of Jesus. But you know what? Then there's also a consecration. This is what I want to hit. So, see, see, some of us, watch. We're, we're purified. Jesus is our Savior, but he's not our Lord. We're not consecrated. We're still really doing what we want to do. We're still walking by the flesh. And, and, and we wonder why, you know, we're not getting that breakthrough, why we're not progressing in the purposes of God. See, we're asking God, God, fill me with your spirit. When God's saying, before I fill you, you need to empty yourself. We want to get filled. Some of us need to get emptied. So that first step, what he's saying, the first step of preparation. Church, listen, let's get pure. Listen, if you're, if you're not walking with Jesus today, you need to get under the blood of Jesus. And then now because Jesus is saved, see, here's what the grace of God, the grace of God teaches us that we should deny ungodliness. This is uh, Titus chapter two, and live soberly and righteously in this present age. So the grace, watch, I'm so thankful, this is grace, I'm so thankful 
that Jesus has saved me. You don't have to convince me to live a holy life. I want to live a holy life. I wanna consecrate myself to God. I wanna dedicate myself to God because I'm so grateful for all that God has done to me. And if you're like me, and if you're like most of us in here, you know that if you keep going down that path of sin, there's nothing but pain and sorrow and regret. Let me help you out right now. Let me help you out with some, avoid that future pain right now. Come on, repent. And get right with God. If you do that, now you're set up for the next step. So the first step is purification. Oh, I love this one. Gilgal. The second step, he takes him to Bethel. You know what Bethel means? The house of God. Mm, Can you see where I'm going? Watch, saved, right? We get saved, we're consecrated. I I could even say membership is kind of between these steps. We go from being a, 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 a spectator to a participator. Now we get planted in the house of God. After you get purified by the blood of Jesus, and surrender your life to God, the very next step of preparation for your purpose is Bethel, the house of God. You've got to get planted in God's house. Now, what happened in Bethel? Back in Genesis chapter 28, this is kind of when this, when Bethel got founded, so to speak, because Jacob was out there, and the Bible says, he watch this, he, he put a rock down, he went to sleep on that rock, or latest. Head on that rock, come on, Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. That night he woke up. Now watch, Bethel in the natural, or this place, I think it was Luz before it was Bethel. It was a very barren place. In other words, the circumstances around there were barren. They weren't fruitful. It wasn't good. But man, when that rock was placed there, and then Jacob woke up, And he had this vision and there was an open heaven. And he said, man, the the son of man is at the top of those stairs. There's an open heaven here. And the angels of God are ascending and descending on it. Watch this. He says, this is none other than the house of God. He says, oh my gosh, this is God's house. He said, I didn't even know it. You want to know why he didn't know it? Because before he saw the open heaven, all he could see was the circumstances surrounding the area. See, what happens is this. You have barren circumstances in your life. There's barrenness surrounding this city. And what God's saying is, I'm above your circumstances. And if you'll understand, if, if you'll understand the power and what the preparation that happens in God's house and only in God's house. Every time that Jacob went to Bethel from this point forward, you know what? He heard from God and he experienced God. Every single time. Every single time you come to church, if you want to, you can hear from God and you can experience God. The house of God was created so that you could have a place once a week, watch this, 
You're gonna get a true picture of what your life is really like and what it could be like. Your circumstances and surroundings aren't gonna line up, but God's gonna get you in his house and just like Jacob said, oh my gosh, God was at the top. God is gonna remind you who sits on the throne, who's in charge of your life. Listen, he's, he's greater than your marital issue. He's greater than your drug addiction. He's greater than your pornography problem. He's greater than the pain that you're still experiencing because you got abused as a child. He's greater than all of the, the insecurity and the fears and the doubts that you have. Oh my gosh, if you could just understand the beauty of Bethel, the house of God, and I love my church because this church is God's house. In the testimony, I'm gonna read you on water baptism Sunday, the the, the, the person that wrote the testimony was saying every week she would pray about a question she had, a problem that she had, something going on, and she'd say, God, please speak to me in church. She said every single Sunday when she'd show up, God would answer the question to the prayer that she had. And when that happened over and over and over again, she just said, you know what? God must be real. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Watch, watch. If we'll understand that God will speak to us every time we show up at his house, I, I encourage you to do that same thing. Pray this week. See, it's not me. God can take this message and speak a thousand different things to tens of thousands of different people. So he goes, says, okay, we're gonna get purified. Next Elisha, next church, you gotta get planted so you can be prepared. Oh, and this is my favorite one. And then he takes him to Jericho. Now you know what happened at Jericho, right? Remember the children of Israel? They're, they're, they're coming out of the wilderness, they've crossed over. Guess what, Jericho, now they're in the promised land, watch. Now they have to fight. And Jericho was the first city. It's at Jericho where God taught the children of Israel that he truly must be first in all things. It's in Jericho where the children of Israel just went from saying that God is first, to actually living and practicing and working out what it looks like for God to be first. So remember that Jericho, it was the first of 10 cities in the promised land. Jericho was the tithe city. So that's why when God said to Jericho, hey look, this is the first of the 10. Tithe means a 10th. Everybody say, uh-oh, he's talking about money. Don't worry, I'm only gonna stay on this for two minutes. Mm. He said, uh, so this is the first of 10. So he said, look, he told the children of Israel, he said, y'all can have all the spoils. You can have all the money, so to speak, of all the cities except Jericho. 
it is 10%, and it's not only 10%, it is the first 10. He's teaching them how to put God first in their finances and how important money is when it comes to proving who is really Lord of your life, God or money. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is idolatry. The love of money leads to greed and covetousness. Uh-oh, we getting serious? Are we getting serious? Y'all wanted a hoochie-goochie. Don't worry, I'm gonna get to the shout. I'm gonna get to the shout. In a... I thought I was talking to a group of people that wants to be prepared for the purposes that God has for their life. If you want a church that just makes you feel good, there's a lot of great churches around Jacksonville. Go to another church. I gotta preach the truth, man. Listen, it, it, might, it might be uncomfortable at times, but oh, I tell you, it will get you to a place of peace and blessing and depthness. So he said this, he said, look, the first city's mine. That's the tithe. That's the tenth. Y'all can have the whole other 90%. First one's mine. What happens? They conquer Jericho. A guy named Achan goes in and keeps the money. Steals the spoils. The children of Israel get cursed. God tells Joshua, someone has touched the sacred thing. He's talking about the spoils, the money of Jericho. The accursed things. That's mine. That word accursed, it means sacred. It means it's set apart for God. He says there's a curse until this gets right. And then you probably know the story that, I mean, Achan has to get killed. Come on, can you thank God for the new covenant? Can you thank? But it's where they taught to put him first. Watch this. So they get to Jericho. Remember this. They get to Jericho. That's where they also learn, watch, how to fight the good fight of faith. See, Jericho's about obedience. What does God tell him? Okay, you want to conquer the city? For six days, I want you to go out there once, march around the city, and shout. How many of you know that, that sounds crazy right there? What you mean, God? No weapons? No whatever? You go out. Uh, what's he teaching them? He's teaching them trust. You know what he's teaching them? It's not going to be in your methodology or in your strategy or in your education or in your wherewithal. It is not by might. It is not by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. And if you don't learn how to just simply obey me, simply trust me, you're not going to be prepared. So they would go around. They'd march. They'd shout. Nothing would happen. I'm sure they walked back and were thinking like, man, I don't know about this plan Joshua has. This, this, I mean, this isn't working. Then they would go out on the seventh day. They go out, they were supposed to march around the city six times. And then on the seventh time, shout, and the walls were gonna come down. What's God teaching them? He's teaching them, you can't war without worship. He's teaching them about worship. He's teaching them uh, 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 about tr trust. See, too, too many, where's my, see, I, this is what I want to say. Watch, watch. Some of you, you need to get your shout back. You, you, need, to get, you need to get your faith stirred up again. Breakthrough and things like that and overcoming and things like that, it's, watch, it, it's not easy all the time. 
It's not comfortable it's just all the time. It's not gonna happen the way that you want it to happen. See, too many of us, when we're, we're looking at the big walls in our life, we're looking at the big obstacles in our life, and instead of going out there and worshiping and being a trust God no matter what attitude, we, this is our armor of God right here. Instead of having a war cry, it's like we, we, we come up, we, we come up to the, to the, uh, the challenges in our life and we, we, t we maybe just take a couple of a laps and we, you know, I believe you, God. <laughs> Trust in you, Lord. God, I've been, I've been out here three days. I, I, you mean another? Another lap? Let me do it. I'm too, this, this doesn't work. This, this thing, listen, listen. The Bible says you've got to put on the armor of God. You've got to learn, watch. You've got to learn it's not if that wall's coming down, but it's when that wall's coming down. And man, if you'll take a few steps you face that thing come on get your shout back come on come on come on a sound. Heaven has a sound. Come on, it's coming down. Now that you want this that. Can I tell you this? Watch. In the spirit. I'm not talking about just uh, in the spirit. Watch. Your faith can either give off that or it can give off that. Let me say one more thing about this. Listen, listen, listen. So what was he teaching at Jericho? He's teaching obedience. He's teaching overcoming. That's key to the preparation of your purpose. You know, I remember when I was a, a little boy, and I was playing a, a baseball, and I started to play baseball, and I've always been a football guy. I don't know what it was about baseball. I, I didn't do that good. And one of the things was I couldn't, every time I, they'd pitch, I would swing and, and miss. So I was always striking out. And then it got to the point where I, I was just too afraid to swing because I'd miss. 
I'll never get, it was like the total disaster for a nine-year-old or however old I was. We were in like the game to go to first place. The bases were loaded. There were two outs. We were down by two or three runs. Guess who was up to bat? Mr. Strikeout. And I got up there and I think I took a swing and missed. And then he like threw a strike and I was just standing there, man, and I, I could just see my life is over. It is oh, like, I'm about to get teased. I'm about to, all that kind of stuff. And I, I started crying. Yes, thank you for the sympathy. <laughs> and I stepped out of the box and I could hear my, my dad was up against the fence. <laughs> you know how dads do. My dad's up against the fence like this. And he says, uh, Stovey, Stovey. I was Stovey back then. I was little Stovey. He said, Stovey, Stovey, come here. And I stepped out of the box and I walked up to the, to the fence where my dad was. And then my dad, he looked in my eyes. He said, son, listen to me. He said, you can do this. He said, but the, what, you, what you have to do is you've got to take another swing. He says, you've got to swing. He says, look, I believe in you. You can do this. Whether you miss again or not and strike out, it's all going to be okay. He says, but when you go back to that box, I want you to swing as hard as you can. Watch, watch. Mm. I went to, back to that box. I had a different, had a different attitude. Man, I, I felt something different. Same guy. Same skill. Something was different in my spirit. I was empowered. I was empowered by my father. Listen, your heavenly father wants to empower you. You got to get up out of that. And guess what? The next pitch came. I don't remember much. Was it high, low, ball, or strike? All I can remember is swinging as hard as I could. And I heard this sound that I hadn't heard before. This And I froze. I was, I froze. I was like, what happened? And then I, I could hear the crowd like I came to myself, run, 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 Stovall, run. And I just took off as fast as I could, like Forrest Gump, man. You know what Took off as fast as I could around those bases. I didn't even know where the ball went exactly. They just kept waving me in. I hit a grand slam home run. In the, in the last inning, with the game on the line, with the season on the line, I think God would say to some of you, you just gotta take another swing. It might, it might look bad right now. It might look like the bottom of the ninth. It might look like everything's against you. It might look like nothing's gonna work out. But all I'm telling you, God's just preparing you for your purpose. He's gonna bring you through. Come on. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.